Thank you for joining us for our Renewal City Church podcast. If you're looking for ways to get involved, join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Roxy Theater in Longview. Or find us online at rcclongview.org. We hope you're blessed and that this message finds you well. Well, we are in the first week of James uh, and Laura's sabbatical. They're going to be away for nine weeks, and we just have a great lineup for you guys over the next nine weeks. It's really kind of exciting to see um, how many different speakers we have coming. Betty Hayes is going to bring the teaching today, and we're really excited about that. Um, Yeah, you can give her a whoop-whoop. That's fine with me if you want, like, whoop-whoop to Betty. Um, but yeah, I would just encourage you, um, as we move into this season of, um, James's sabbatical, you know, oftentimes for us, when we feel like there's not like a point person, you know, it gets kind of like, we're trying to find that navigation, right? We're trying to find that, that way forward. And I would just really invite you to use this as an opportunity to, if you haven't already, uh, find a place to plug into Renewal City because um, we need your help right now. And all of us are kind of in this together, um, uh, trudging through this time together. So um, we're really looking forward to it, actually. I think it's going to be really good for James. And I continue to spend time in prayer for him. And I hope you're doing the same. So, okay, let's, everybody's so quiet. <laughs> Um, let's go ahead and get started this morning. So we are in the fall season and I am so excited about the rain. (laughs) I don't know about you guys. Is anybody with me? Anybody else love the rain? Yes, true Washingtonians. Okay. I love the falling leaves. I love the cooler weather. I love uh, Thanksgiving on its way. I love everything about fall. So um, The other thing about fall that is very true and we all have some experience with is it's time for school to start, right? We're back to school, um, whether that's uh, elementary school or college, we are back to formal education. And as the leadership team got together and looked at the nine weeks that James was going to be gone, um, actually one of the leadership teams said, you know, I've had this scripture that's been going over and over in my heart, and I think we can build a series around it. And we all got on board and um, got pretty excited about it. And so the scripture that he had in his mind was Matthew 11, 28 through 30. And I'm just going to read that. It says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Does anybody feel like they need rest in this season? (laughs) The world is a little crazy. Getting back to school can be crazy. A summer of fun and activity, hopefully, that we've had um, can be a little bit crazy. And Jesus says, come all and um, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So the phrase that we're taking out of that for our next today and the next, what, eight weeks, is learn from me. So Jesus has so much. Um, As you saw here, if you're a student of the word, you can see how much Jesus has to teach us. And it was really easy to find eight weeks of, um, I'll call them principles, that we're going to be going over. 
um, a different person each week. So um, what I am going to do, so I've had the privilege of being both a student in the classroom and a teacher in the classroom. And what I just really love <laughs> is, to stand, is, is to sit and listen to somebody drone on and on and on with no visuals, with no interaction. That just, you know, really gets me going. So <laughs> I didn't want to do that to you this morning. What I'm going to do is run uh, the service this morning as if I were the teacher in a classroom. And uh, I'm just so much more comfortable teaching in a way that's interactive. And I hope that, you know, we don't do that a lot here at Renewal, but I hope that you will participate, which is why you have paper and pens on your table. Um, I'm going to give you some things to write. So if you want to take a second and get those. Um, learn from me. There's two aspects in that. That one little phrase, learn from me, is the thought or the truth that there's a teacher and there's a learner, right? So Jesus is our teacher, and, and he says, learn from me. So first, I'm going to define the role of a teacher and a learner, okay? Um, to do that, I'd like you all to think about someone in your life who has motivated you, who has inspired you, maybe even changed the trajectory of your life. Think of a person, maybe, maybe a couple, if there's been a couple, um, and write that person's name down. Somebody who motivated you, inspired you, somebody that you can look back in your life and say, I'm a different person because of him or her. When you've got your person, look up at me so I know that we're pretty, we're done thinking. Okay, now, what about that person inspired you or motivated you? Was it the way they looked? Was it the way they spoke? Was it their character? Was it their integrity? Was it their hard work? Was it the way they spoke to you? Write down two or three adjectives to describe this person. So here's we get a, where we get a little interactive. I know I'm a ponderer, and words like that don't pop to my head really quickly. So I want some of you to say words you're writing down. Just shout them out. Say it again. Investment. Daring. You can borrow these words. If these are words that fit your person, go ahead and borrow them. Encouragement. Relational. I love these, you guys. Keep going. Let's do three more. Challenged. I like it. Respectful. One more. Unashamed. That's a powerful word. Okay. I like that. So, sorry, I'm going to carry my paper because I can't read it down there. <laughs> um, okay. So, those... Those are the things about this person. Now we're going to flip that around, and I'm going to ask you, what was your role or responsibility as the learner or as the one being inspired? Because you had a choice of whether to accept that person's teaching, that person's mentorship, or to walk away from it. How did you engage or interact with your teacher your coach, your mentor, your grandfather, your grandmother, 
if you're really lucky, a parent. Okay, so we got some words. Jesus was the most revolutionary teacher of all time. Jesus took examples from everyday life. He talked about sheep. He talked about coins. He talked about seeds on a path. He talked about yeast and wheat. He took examples from their day, and he taught revolutionary truths and eternal truths. And the people flocked to him. Multitudes gathered around him, and the disciples watched him. Because a disciple really is just a follower. A disciple really is just someone who patterns their life after someone else. And the people that followed Jesus, especially the, the closest 12, and eventually there were more, uh, very close, the 70, I think, of that he sent out, they were patterning, patterning their life after Jesus. So, you know, he, <laughs> he turned the Pharisees' teaching on Sabbath on its ear um, when he walked through the fields and gathered grain to, with his disciples to eat, and when he healed people on the Sabbath. He turned it on his ear because the Pharisees thought the Sabbath, or Shabbat, as they call it in the Chosen, um, or the, yeah, um, there were so many rules around it that they couldn't actually follow all the rules. And Jesus said that um, man is not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is made for man. In other words, to rest. And the Pharisees went, wait, what? That, that can't be right. When his enemies tried to catch him in the criminal act of not paying taxes, um, there were two sects. And they, they said, let's get together because you say that we shouldn't pay taxes to Caesar. And we say that we should pay taxes to Caesar. And so either way Jesus answers, we've caught him. We've got him in a trap. We, we, we're going to uh, get him for a criminal act. And so they came and they asked, should we pay taxes to Caesar or not? And Jesus simply said, let me see a coin. Whose inscription and uh, picture image is on that coin? Well, Caesar's, of course. You guys all know this story. Caesar's, of course. And what did Jesus say? Render to Caesar what is Caesar's and render to God what is God's. Their minds were blown and the disciples were watching. They were watching him heal people. They were watching him raise people from the dead. They were watching him as he spoke eternal truths, and they were patterning their lives after him. Again, Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. You know, I know I've talked a little bit, or quite a lot actually, about the chosen. Um, what I have, for me personally, I've been a Christian for about 40 years, a little bit under, and I'm seeing a portrayal of Jesus that is a real person. A Jesus that has a personality, a Jesus that laughs with children and dances at weddings and challenges his disciples and says, watch me and do as I do. That's what a teacher does. Really, a teacher is just a learner of learners. A teacher is somebody who learns and um, has passion and gets involved in their learning and uh, becomes an expert in a topic or a, a number of topics, and then they share that with others. That's all a teacher is. The disciple or the learner is the one that's 
um, taking it in, that's watching, that's patterning their life after, that's listening. So what I'd like to do is take uh, the two points, Jesus is a revolutionary teacher, and then your person uh, on your paper, and I want to merge those two. So look at your paper and think about, you already did this a little bit, but think about the objective of your person. Um, the words that I heard were words like challenge, and they were respectful, and they were unashamed, and there were a bunch of other words in there. Um, my person wanted to motivate me, wanted to inspire me. My person, when I was in high school, was a man named Ted Roberts, um, and he saw something in me that I don't know that anybody else really saw. I certainly didn't see it. I was a defiant, rebellious, lonely, fearful little girl. And I was making a lot of bad choices. And this man was, it was Castor Rock, okay? So he was my learning manager, which nobody knows what that is in here. <laughs> uh, basically an advisor. He was my teacher and he was the town judge. And so he would, yeah, he did all those. <laughs> That's Castor Rock. <laughs> um, but he saw a lonely, hurting, rebellious young girl that was taken some really bad paths. And he spoke life to me and he spoke truth to me. And he um, helped me to see that I didn't have to go down that path that I was going down. So when you think about your person, think about how they, and I'm not gonna ask you for words this time, but think about how they invested in you. Write that down for just a minute. How did they invest in you? Now, turn that around. How did you interact with them? I went before school and I hung out in his classroom. I took his class. I stayed after school and we laughed and joked and talked. I sat in his room and did my homework. How did you interact with your person? What was your responsibility? In the 90s, I was a children's pastor, and um, we, there was a video series from Dr. Howard Hendricks, who is uh, one of the foremost Christian teachers. He was, I think, 40 years at Dallas Theological Seminary. And he wrote and videoed a series called The Seven Laws of the Teacher. Excellent, excellent series. It's, you can still get a hold of. Um, one of his quotes from that, I went back to that this week as I was preparing, and he says, the learner is primarily an investigator, a discoverer, and a doer. As learners of watching Jesus, as learners in our everyday lives, as learners when we come to church or to any kind of a lecture or talk, we have a responsibility rather than sitting passively and maybe being distractive, maybe kind of distracted, maybe kind of half listening. Uh, Hendrick says that a learner is primarily an investigator, a discoverer, and a doer. Those are all verbs, they're all action words. We sat under a pastor for 20-some years, and he would often tell us from the pulpit, you know what? Don't believe me. This is just what I'm learning and what God is showing me. He would say, get into the, words for, get into the word for yourselves. Get into the scriptures for yourselves. And he challenged us constantly not to just sit and, and take it in, but to do the work ourselves of learning what God was saying. So Jesus had a lot to say in his three years of public ministry. 
And his disciples had a lot to learn because they, or we as his disciples, are entrusted with truths that change lives. So here's where you get to talk again, and I'm going to put down the mic so I can do some typing. This is going to be a chalkboard. What I'd like you to do is throw out some words that uh, Jesus has to teach us. Words or phrases, okay? And I'm going to type them up there. So words or phrases. So mine for today, I don't know if you guys saw it up there earlier, was discipleship. Jesus teaches us discipleship, okay? So those kinds of words. Um, Shout them out, and I'm going to try to type them up here. Okay, nerves and spelling skills, they don't necessarily go together. Okay, so awesome words. These are just a few of the things that Jesus calls us to, really, right? He teaches us, and then as doers, as investigators, as discoverers, we figure out what this looks like, and then he wants us to go out and do these things, right? Over the next um, eight weeks, as Tyler said, Sorry, I've got to find my, where I'm at on my notes. Over the eight, next eight weeks, um, this is basically what we did as a leadership group when we came up with the learn from me. Okay, what do we learn from Jesus? And we, we made a list, and we picked out some of these things. And the really exciting thing, at least I think it's really exciting, is that people said, oh, I want to teach on servanthood. I, God's been working with me on that. Okay, that's the best teacher you're going to find is somebody who God's already been speaking to, has already been reading, has maybe already been memorizing, already been praying. They are the teacher, and they're going to give it to the learner who, in this situation, you guys get to be that. Um, So uh, get excited over the next eight weeks. Come expectant. Come ready to learn. As an investigator, a discoverer, and a doer, there's three things that that requires. And I'm going to finish up with these three things. Curiosity. I encourage you to come curious. I think there's a TV channel that talks about something, get curious or something like that. I encourage you to come to church ready to dig for nuggets of gold. Uh, God has something to speak directly to you. In fact, I encourage you to come with curiosity every time that you even open the Bible, every time you open the Word. There's a scripture that I pray almost every time, almost every morning when I open my Bible. It's Psalm 119, 18, and it says, Open my eyes that I might see wonderful things in your law. Open my eyes that I might see wonderful things in your law. God loves to answer that prayer. So number one is curiosity. Number two is attention or focus. You know, the disciples paid really close attention to Jesus. They had to so that they could model his actions and what he was doing and his love. Howard Hendricks' mentor, his name was John Milton Gregory. And I like the quote from him. It says, the inattentive mind neither hears nor sees. You know, I once told someone, I got one of the first generation iPads way back in the day. And somebody asked me, what do you like about that thing? And I said, you know what? I'm never bored. I love it because I'm never bored. And I'm a little bit embarrassed about that um, comment now because what I realize, and same with my cell phone, is that no, it's not that I'm never bored. It's that I'm always distracted. I haven't learned 
the uh, ability, the discipline to listen when I'm bored, to um, when somebody's speaking that, you know, maybe I don't connect with, or maybe I don't think this is for me. Uh, what do I do? I go to my distraction instead of disciplining my mind and saying, no, I'm going to dig for gold here. There's a nugget here somewhere that God has just for me. So I encourage you to come curious, to come attentive. And the last thing is to self-reflect. Socrates said that an unexamined life is not worth living. Jesus says, learn from me and do as I do. As we take time to reflect and we examine our motives and our thoughts, our behaviors, we hold up who Jesus is. And as we compare ourselves to that, we can say, wow, I was way over here and look how far I've come. I am on the right path. I am on the road to holiness. I am on the road to being Christ-like. And yet, look how much further I have to go. And so we can all be inspired and encouraged and disciplined to stay on that path to become more and more like Jesus. So for our discussion time this morning, you guys have your discussions right there in front of you. It's what you wrote. So rather than giving you um, questions, I think you already have some thought-provoking things. So if you're um, alone at a table, if there's just a couple of you and you feel comfortable joining another table, go ahead and do that and um, spend just a few minutes, maybe 10 minutes, discussing your people, discussing how you interact with your people, and um, what talk about what a teacher and a learner is, all right? And we'll come back and do a communion and an ending song. If you don't have another thing to discuss, you can always talk about what's on the chalkboard as well. Okay, if the worship team wants to come up, we'll go into setting the table in our communion time. One example that Jesus gave us was uh, that of his body and his blood poured out for us. So we remember him and his sacrifice for us. And here at Renewal, you take the bread and you dip it in the cup while you're remembering his death and resurrection. Um, I invite you to pray over uh, your person or your table. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe have some table prayer around that. 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26 says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Jesus, I thank you so much that you are here. Your Holy Spirit is here in this place. I thank you, Lord, for all of the things that you teach us every day. 
God, in your word, in our walk with you, in our quiet time with you. I thank you, God, that we can hear your voice, that you are the one behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it. Lord, I thank you that you love us with an everlasting love. I thank you that you hold us in the palm of your hand. And God, I pray that you would give us a curiosity to know more of you, to know who you are and who we are because of you. The words purpose and passion come to mind. And Father, I pray that for every listener here in this place, God, that you would just continue to build purpose and passion in them, Lord, as they love you and as they love others, the people around them, the people in their schools, in their jobs, in their families. Father, we just uh, thank you for your incredible love for us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.